The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment of the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed are you who believe that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked upon his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm and has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, everyone. It's, it's good to be here with you. Last night I had to fill in at St. Patrick for my, my good friend, Father Tim Furlow. And, uh, oh, it's always so good to be home. You know, there's just always these tiny little, you know, things that are unfamiliar to you, like the distance from the microphone and all these other little things, a different edition of the Roman Missal, all that. So you're like, oh, everything is home. I know where I should be. And so it's very nice to be with all of you today. Um, I, I was thinking to myself, that I know I've told this story to you all before, but I was just like, but it, it, it's kind of a fun story, so I figured I'd tell you again, so here we go. So, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, so this just involves my grandfather. My grandfather, he was really, he's, he's still alive, he's 95 years old, and he's a great guy, and he taught me so many things. I've always kind of been like a handy person, and I think a lot of that is due to my grandfather, and I remember uh, we have a door that's kind of sticking at the top at the uh, Adoration Chapel, and it's, you know, we have people coming in and giving quotes that are astronomically high, and everybody's like troubleshooting this, this annoying door, and I could remember one time in our house, we had this door that constantly stuck at the top, and you had to kind of yank it open, and uh, what did my grandfather do? He walked over to the mantle, he pulled the candle out of the candle holder, he rubbed the wax on the top of the door frame. We lived there for 12 more years, and that door never stuck one time. And so, so that, that's the man I'm talking about when I, when I mention this little story. But, and so when I was little, my, my grandfather, um, he started an auto upholstery business when he came back from the Navy after World War II with $300 and the sewing machine that the guy left behind in Brooklyn, New York. Eventually, my uncle would take over that business. But I remember um, in Brooklyn, so my grandfather knew a lot about cars. And, and I sort of marveled one day, I saw a red Fiat Spider. Um, and when I was driving down the road, I was just like, you know, really staring at it. And then my grandfather just leaned down to me and he said, you know what Fiat stands for? And then I was like, you know, my little kid self, I was like, oh, you know what, Poppy? 
And then he just leaned in and said, fix it again, Tony. And I remember I was just, I might have been the first acronym I've ever learned in my life, but I thought it was so funny. And, um, but of course, today I want to talk about a different fiat, you know, the fiat of our Blessed Mother Mary. Today we celebrate the feast of the Assumption of our Blessed Mother. But you might say that Mary's Assumption into Heaven by our Lord Jesus Christ started far before she was assumed into Heaven by our Lord. It started with her fiat, her yes to God. Fiat is a Latin word that means, let it be done. This is, this is Mary's response to the angel Gabriel when she announces that she's to be the mother of our Lord. Let it be done to me according to thy word. If we have a relationship with Jesus, we should have a relationship with this mother. This is, remember, this is so important for us Catholics. Catholics do not worship Mary, but she deserves the highest honor that man can give to another person. Mary followed God's divine will perfectly, and as a result, we should be inspired to follow her because where she leads is always towards her son, Jesus Christ. When Mary responded with her fiat, the Holy Spirit overshadowed her with divine grace. And Jesus Christ, the fulfillment of the law itself, descends into the womb of Mary. I, I know you've all heard me message this before, but it's such an important prefigurement or type that we see in the Old Testament for Mary. Remember, always something in the Old Testament that we see something greater to come, this foreshadowing of something greater to come. So in Hebrew 9.4, it tells us that the Ark of the Covenant, the original Ark, contained a portion of manna, the miraculous bread from heaven from the Exodus, Aaron's staff, and the Ten Commandments. Mary becomes the new Ark, carrying our Lord Jesus Christ himself, who is the bread of life, a fulfillment of that prefigured manna. Mary, the new ark, contains Jesus Christ, who is the high priest, a fulfillment of Aaron's priesthood. Mary, the new ark, contains Jesus Christ, who is the fulfillment of the law itself, first given to us in the Ten Commandments. And Mary contains all of these things in her womb in Jesus Christ. As Mary lived her life, she raised Jesus, followed Jesus, watched him be crucified as her own heart is pierced by watching her son die on the cross. Mary is also present among the disciples when Jesus is resurrected. Then Jesus, by his own divine power, ascends into heaven. This is kind of an important distinction here, and I remember my dad was mentioning to me one of, uh, one of the priests I know back in, in Texas where they are, had a very simple depiction of this. It's a little bit more dramatic in this church. We have one step to the sanctuary, but they have a few more steps. So he simply stepped all the way down to the floor and then walked up the steps of his own power. He was like, this is the ascension of our Lord. He does this on his own power. He ascends into heaven. And then he just walked out into the crowd and he asked a little girl to take his hand and then he walked her up the steps holding her hand. He's like, this is the assumption, being led, being guided up into heaven by the power of somebody else. And then Jesus ascends into heaven, but soon thereafter, Jesus sends the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which once overshadowed her, and the Spirit descends upon Mary and his apostles. Mary is ever present to the apostles in the early Christian community. We also remember that from the cross, Jesus entrusts 
the beloved disciple John into her care, as the scripture records. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing near, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Just yesterday, in fact, I was, I was in a memory care facility giving somebody last rites. And I thought about sometimes the difficulty that a lot of other people, you know, experience with some of our beliefs, you know, in Catholicism, in Mary, in the intercession of the saints, and different things like that. And in this particular experience, it was a son who'd been with his mother for quite a long period of time, you know, caring for her. And she's really unable to speak um, herself without the help of her son and his prompting. And there was a part during the, um, the anointing, right? I'm sure some of you have experienced this before, a renewal of baptismal promises. But as with many of these right books, there's all kinds of like italics and brackets and red things that are possible or not possible given the condition of the person that you're with. And, um, and I said, do you think that she'll be able to, to respond to these baptismal promises? And he said, if I, if I help her, she will. And she said, he said, Mom, um, you know, Father Peter is going to ask you some questions. And, and the response is, is, I do, to these questions, and I'm going to help you, okay? And so I asked the first question, you know, professing our faith and our baptismal promises. And he leaned down to her ear and said, I do. And she responded, I do. And this is how it went along. And I was like, that is intercession. A mother who raised her son most of his life, and now towards the end of her life, he knew that she wanted, she lived a faithful Catholic life and wanted a priest there at the end of her life. And there he was, interceding on her behalf. If somebody ever challenges you on this idea of intercession or is confused about the idea, just tell them, think about it like a letter. Dear Mary, dear St. Anthony, whatever it be, body of the letter, pray for me. <laughs> you know, that's the body of the letter. Remember, we're addressing that concern to the saint. We're not praying to them, but we're addressing them and asking them for prayer. We have homilies as early as the sixth century that preach about the assumption of Mary. And this gives us a clue that all that knew her, St. John and the early Christian church, knew what happened to her. And what happened to her was something different than when Jesus ascended into heaven, which, like I said, which he does under his own divine power. Mary is assumed or taken up by the power of God. Remember, not by her own power, but by God himself. But this shouldn't be like a surprise or a scandal to us especially, but, but to even our non-Catholic brothers and sisters. Because we know that God assumed people into heaven before. He does this with Enoch and Elijah in the Old Testament. And then Elijah, just having happened in that particular story alongside Moses, he's in the transfiguration when Jesus appears in glory before Peter, James, and John. We also know that Mary died. Sometimes that there's an argument about this, but how do we know? Because Mary always follows the pattern of her divine son. So just as Jesus died and was risen, so too was Mary, but she's 
saved, she's preserved from the corruption of the grave, uh, you know, sort of the decay of the grave. But she dies and then is assumed. This is also not something new. Remember, Lazarus was also raised from the dead. One of the most important distinctions is that Mary was not the norm. So why would we ever expect her to have a normal life and death just like the rest of us? She is wholly unique in God's divine plan of salvation. We also remember that the author of the book of Revelation was none other than Mary's adopted son, John, who writes in Revelation 12, which we heard today, and a great portent appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. This is in fact Mary, who is in heaven, and who greater a witness than her adopted son, John the Apostle, to witness to this fact. And finally, we have a glimpse of our Blessed Mother Mary's presence in heaven in the apparitions where she's appeared to the faithful, Our Lady of Lords, Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Guadalupe, where she always points to the way of her son, Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And all that began with a yes, a fiat to God. The reason that we are in this church today for Mass is because we desire to say yes to God, to follow the holy example of our Blessed Mother Mary in hopes that just as our Lord assumed Mary into heaven, body and soul, that someday that's where we will be, body and soul, with our Lord Jesus Christ in heaven, where we will live forever in peace with our Lord and our Lady Mary. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us. God bless you all.